Welcome to Culture Hunt by Perspectives, the podcast that highlights leaders and organizations that create world-class cultures, maximizing performance and effectiveness. We speak to leaders of exceptional companies that have cultures like no other. This podcast is brought to you by Perspectives LTD. Here is your host, Bernie Dine. Hi, I'm pleased to have as my first guest, my partner at Perspectives and esteemed colleague, Terry Cahill. Terry's our Vice President of Sales and Marketing. Although he is in charge of business development, he brings a wealth of experience in the EAP and organizational consulting fields, having been involved in operations for some 15 years prior to his coming here. This experience has also enabled him to be an active partner in creating a world-class culture here at Perspectives, which has enabled us to have the experience and credibility to have our customers develop world-class cultures as well. Terry, thanks a lot for taking time to be here today. Good to be here with you, Bernie. Listen, uh, before we start, I do want to offer you some congratulations on the season that the Chicago Cubs have had. <laughs> now, you know, I thought that would uh, that maybe I'd begin the conversation by asking you to talk a little bit about what Perspectives does to help their customer companies. So to stay with the Cubs theme, I'd liken us to one of, I think, the key pieces of the Cubs' new architecture um, that's really changed their culture around from a hundred year, 108 years of losing to winning, and that's Joe Madden. I know that seems like a stretch, but I think one of the things that Joe Madden does that we do as an employee assistance program for our client companies is to help his employees, or his players in this case, to be completely focused on the game when the game is in play. Um, he really takes a personal view of each player and I think organizations that have our EAP in place are doing the same thing by being by us being available when a family is having major anxiety over an issue with a teenager or struggling with making a major decision about uh, an elderly parent who may need a nursing home or not to have the resources and the support through us that's necessary to help make those decisions I think we help them in turn, as employees, be focused on their work when they're at work, to be occupied with their work rather than preoccupied with their family issues. So in that sense, I really do think we're like a Joe Madden in um, assisting the culture of our client organizations. Oh, that's really nicely put, Terry. I really, uh, I think that's a great way of putting it. I think, uh, I think it is about the culture we create. And, uh, you know, that sort of leads to the next question. I mean, this is called Culture Hunt. Um, we hear a lot about this term, world-class culture. We spend a lot of time talking about it here. And I know you and I have been spending some time working with organizations and just trying to figure out what makes things work and what makes things good in terms of the culture and what makes things not so good. So I'm wondering if maybe you could take a few minutes to explain to the listeners what this term, world-class culture, means and, and how you go about creating one. I'll tell you what I think is the key ingredient and that is that each employee, regardless of their level in the organizational hierarchy, knows how her or his job impacts the organization's larger mission or larger goals. Um, I think in world-class cultures, every employee sees why their work is important and how it fits in with the bigger picture. I actually believe that employees come to work with their own internal motivation, but that that can get blunted if all you're doing is, you know, putting widgets online and you don't see that the end product is this beautiful Buick. 
um, it's really tough to stay as motivated as you started when you first came into the workplace. So I think organizations that have world-class cultures line up what the goal of the organization is. I mean, going back to the Cubs again, uh, that, that each player knows how they fit into the big team picture, what their role is, and how what they contribute is valuable, whether they're Chris Bryant hitting a home run or the clubhouse guy who's setting out the meal beforehand. Interesting. So, so that's, that raises maybe another question, and that is, so what kinds of things, I mean, I think you're talking about some of the things that make it work, that create the culture. What kind of things might get in the way? What, what, what is out there that might be causing an organization to not have a great culture? What are some of those things that you've been seeing out there? That's a good question. I think one of the things that I'm bumping into the most is that leadership behavior doesn't line up with the values of the organization. And a lot of this is because the leaders have moved up through the organization because they're great employees, they're good at their technical skills, um, but they're not necessarily great at managing people. Let me give you an example to try to make that a little more concrete. Um, We're working with a client organization right now on the employee assistance program side um, in which medical students are actually being identified early on when they have what I'll call unprofessional behavior. When they're interacting with staff and or uh, patients in a way that's rude or insensitive or brusque, it's about the actual patient being a human being. And they want these folks, these docs, or these medical students, excuse me, when they become docs, to have that value lined up with their behavior. And this is an organization that's trying to nip this early um, and get folks educated. So I think that's a really good example of trying to line up the leadership behavior with the values of the organization. That's interesting, Terry. So if I could just ask you another piece to follow up on that. Is that traditionally what EAPs do? I mean, it sounds like what you're talking about is something that goes beyond the scope of EAP. You're really talking about more of an organizational um, uh, culture aligning the, the, the culture with their behavior, but also with their productivity and their performance. So that's a little different, isn't it? It's, it's an interesting question, and I'm going to say the answer to that is yes and no. So the, the one thing that I think gets lost in this day and age when there's conversation about employee assistance programs is that folks equate EAP with counseling. And EAPs have traditionally been, uh, since the early days, way back in the 60s, um, an organizational resource. We are paid by the client organizations. We provide training for their supervisors and how do you identify folks who may have been good performers but aren't now, not to help them diagnose their supervisees, but to help them uh, make referrals to the EAP because maybe there's something going on outside the workplace that we can help them with and they'll return to productivity in the workplace. So I just want to lay that as groundwork to answer your question first in that we are an organizational service. We do do training and those sorts of things, but you're correct. Um, at Perspectives, we also have Perspectives Organizational Consulting Group, or POCG, because we're big on acronyms. And we, um, in, through POCG, will take on larger systemic kinds of organizational issues, like the one I just talked about, in terms of aligning leadership with values, um, and, and um, do all kinds of coaching for um, the leaders, um, training for the leaders to line up with those values, sometimes even helping the higher level of the organization determine what is it 
that we value and what kind of competencies do our leaders need to have in order to do that um, and then do the coaching and the training to line that up. So, yes, you're right. Um, some of that work is beyond the scope of EAP, but the basis of it um, I think you can find in, in most good full-service EAPs. So that example you just gave uh, really speaks to going, again, even beyond the leadership and the alignment. It's, it's almost like a helping them to develop a leadership training kind of protocol or, or, or curriculum that helps their top leaders and maybe their mid-level leaders really kind of move up through the organization in alignment, but also get some basic skills on management and leadership, which we know are two different functions, right? Absolutely. Great. Well, thanks, Terry. I, I really appreciate the time you've taken to go through this. And again, this is our initial show. So what we're hoping to do is bring more guests who run organizations who are involved in creating cultures, HR, leadership, uh, consultants, uh, to really kind of share best practices on what's out there, what what is needed, what can be done to create world-class cultures. So thanks a lot, Terry. Anything else you want to add before we close the show? Just amen to your comments on the Cubs, and thanks for having me. Great. Thank you. This has been Culture Hunt by Perspectives. Look for a new interview every month. Until then, you can visit us at perspectivesltd.com or connect with our profile on LinkedIn. Until next time, keep hunting.